Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. A special edition of Inside Sources with Casey Scott and Brooke Walker on KSL News Radio. I'm not going to get over the coolest I feel in hearing Mr. Announcer Voice say my name in that esteemed fashion. Really, it, it signifies we have arrived. I think so. Welcome into Inside Sources, the producers here at KSL News Radio, bravely turning over the reins and the microphones, I guess literally, to myself, Brooke Walker, and my co-host for the day, Casey Scott. You and I share similar backgrounds, lifestyle, television, right. for many, many years, and uh, we're kind of taking a turn from that lighthearted approach today and, and addressing a really important community, important, important topic to our community, but also very important to the individual families. I know everyone impacted by the topic of mental illness and today specific, specifically focusing on the topic of suicide, it being National Suicide Prevention Day. We're hoping to, um, the banner headline is hope, hoping to share a lot of resources and hope that is available out there for anyone who might be struggling, both an individual or a family. We have a, a phone number here for you, 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. And a special guest joining us in studio. And speaking of hope, uh, this is uh, Kristen Davis, I, or no, let me start, Kristen, Christy Jones there it is. with New Hope, and uh, that's up in the Weber Davis area. Now, Christy, what is New Hope? So thank you for having me, first of all. It's such an honor to be with you two, and you are both amazing. Love working with you. Um, New Hope stands for Northern Utah Hope, Hold On, Persuade, Empower. And it came about a long time ago, probably 13 or 14 years um, in northern Utah so that we could work as a community to try to make a difference in the deaths and the attempts we were seeing related to suicide. So Can it's I a huge community group. You yes. started years ago before this was even kind of on the table as a hot topic, so to speak. But you, you kind of sensed that need early? We did. We did. And when we started, I was brought in by a, a friend and I didn't have um, an experience, a personal experience to bring me to the table. The uh, My friend just said, hey, I'm starting this coalition. It's a, a work we need to address and I need you on board. And I was like, whatever for you, I'll do it. But I have become so passionate about it. But she started it as a teen suicide prevention program. And I said to her, you know, we need to look at the data. Let's look at the data. And when we looked at the data, and reviewed it, we were like, holy smokes, this is not just a teen issue. We're losing people in every age range to suicide death, and we need to figure out what we can do as a community to impact well, that. Well, 13 years ago, was it seen as just a teen issue? Um, I don't really feel like it was seen as much of anything 13 years ago. We really were some of the first ones, along with the Hope for Utah group, to bring awareness to suicide prevention and start looking at it. And 
so often we hear teens, 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 and I think teens are so important and I want to make a difference for them. But as I look at it, the most um, dangerous age group is um, it's men, white isn't it? males in their, yep, yep, yeah. in the middle age. It's funny, I read that statistic just last week. I was mm-hmm. kind of scrambling to see if I could pull it up. And there you have it, Christy, right there at the at your fingertips. But there is so much focus on, on teen prevention and also um, assistance, which is so important. They are a vulnerable, you know, group in our yep. society. Yep. But you look at the statistics and they tell a different story. So you decided to, with those statistics in mind, broaden your approach, broaden your reach. You talk about coming into this work without a lot of personal experience, um, or professional experience as it ties to mental illness or suicide specifically. What did you learn in those first few years that, that did promote it to a passion project of yours? What opened your eyes and your heart to this cause? It was the people and the people like my friend Margaret that's going to be in our next segment who lost their loved ones, who've had maybe an attempt and survived an attempt or a family member that survived an attempt or those that they, they were lost. When I heard their stories it touched my heart. And then we started doing our new Hope Suicide Awareness Walk. And I'm a very logistical thinker. I can do logistics. I'm not going to be the one that's crying. And I tell you what, you're a planner. I'm a planner. Efficiently minded. Yes, but I'm out there at the suicide walk and, and I'm giving hugs and I'm looking after people and I'm talking to them and I see the impact that this has had on their lives. And I'm just like, a mess. A I'm, glad you brought mess. Up, I'm glad you yeah. brought up the walk because it's September 21st at the Ogden Amphitheater to raise awareness for suicide prevention. It's your 12th annual walk. And uh, I'm going to be doing a, a little a speech before you guys kick off the race. I know Bill Allred from X96, he's going to be there as well. And not only that, you've got Alex Boyer. He's going to be performing a couple songs for it as well. How can people get involved? So we, um, in a way, I'm I love that our walk has grown, but in a way it breaks my heart that so many people have been touched by suicide. But if people are interested and they've been touched by a suicide loss or even a friend or a loved one struggling with mental illness, we would love to have you join us. And you can register for the walk at New Hope, N-U-H-O-P-E, Utah, U-T-A-H, dot org. So newhopeutah.org. You do realize, Christy, by that definition, you you basically, and I like to emphasize this, you just extended the invitation to all of us. I don't know that there's one person out there who hasn't been touched by this cause or this situation in their own families or at least in their immediate outreach. So thank you for the work that you're doing. It's going to be a a good event, a good event. You talk about it being a heartbreaking event. It is, but it's for such Mm -hmm. a great cause. I imagine those emotions kind of battle each other throughout the day. We, We have heard from so many people that when they come to the walk, it gives them and their family or their loved ones an opportunity to actually talk about the loved one they lost, to grieve that loss, to bond as a family. And and it means so much to the people in the community. I've had instant messages throughout this last week from people saying, I'm coming to the walk. I, I just lost my brother. I'm coming to the walk. I had an attempt, and this means a lot to me and my family. So it's really... T- um, heart wrenching, yeah. but also um, it fills my bucket that New Hope as an organization is able to do something to give back and to help these families. Now, I've been hanging out with Brooke for about the past hour and a half, and I can already tell this about you. You like to see results, you like to know how people can help. So, how can people help? So, I'm glad you asked that because it's been on my mind, and I want people to do a few things. And one of them is if you're a parent and you have kids in school, 
download the Safe UT app onto your phone. It is huge. huge. And the the folks who run Safe UT are just amazing individuals. And a shout out to them and a thank you to the legislature for funding that program. We had them on yesterday from the uni up Mm -hmm. at the University of Mm -hmm. Utah. And they've got a mobile crisis team that's free. That if you're in crisis and you need help, you can text them or you can call them. And they can help you because I think a lot of times you don't know where to turn. And, and now and now you have a place to turn. It's the Safe UT app. And I read a story the other day. Maybe I heard it yesterday listening to you, Casey. So forgive me if that's the case. But, uh, you know, parents were approached by the coach of their child's soccer team. And players had been concerned and seen some behaviors. So I just love how that's unifying us. That app is becoming a unifying resource where everyone can look out for each other and seek out for each other. So that's a great resource to note. I'm so it glad is. you brought that it up. It is. And Casey, you mentioned the 1-800 number, the National Suicide Prevention one 800 Yes. And that is amazing. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is a huge help. But know the warning signs. What can you do to help Learn the warning signs and what make it okay. So let's talk about them. Things like a change in their attitude. They used to be really open and fun-loving with you, and then they aren't. Maybe they're not communicating with you the way they used to. Um, they might um, have a drop in grades or work performance. Um, they might be giving away their favorite possessions or prized possessions. There are so many little things that when you think about it individually, it doesn't really click. But then when you put it all together, you're like, oh, wow, that How is did I not see that? Yes. Because some of those symptoms are just teenagers. Yes. Am I right? Yes. I mean, as a parent, it, there's that burden of responsibility to know your child mm-hmm. and to be connected and have a you know foundational relationship with your child. So you do pick up on those nuances because some of those sleeping, attitude, mood changes, that's just teenagehood, as I'm told. Yeah. And well, I think you said something so important. It's the connection. And so it's having a connection with your kids or your loved ones putting down the cell phones, turning off the TV, sitting down, and as we talked with Lisa, just listening Mm -hmm. and actually listening and and talking and making that connection with your loved ones is so valuable and so important. And making it okay that if your loved one or your child comes to you and says, I am struggling, that it's okay and you don't freak out, that you say, I am really sorry to hear that you're struggling, but let me help you get help. Be positive. Let me figure this out with you. Yes. Be positive in the mm-hmm. voice and reaction you put forward. Christy, yep. great, great advice, great information. We wish you the best of luck with this event. You're going to stick around with us yes, for ma'am. the next segment. I do think there's something also beautiful to note about a walk, like motion, like we're putting power behind this and activity behind One this. One foot in front of the other. I mean, yep. you sometimes feel helpless. Like, yeah. what can I do? And to show up and, and, you know, band together as a community and physically represent kind of this emotional struggle, I think is a beautiful thing. Christy's sticking around. We've got more more conversations coming up. That's right. It's the 12th annual New Hope Walk. September 21st. Registration starts at 9 a.m. You're listening to Inside Source with Casey Scott and Brooke Walker. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. 
It is such an honor for Brooke and myself to be here today it on is. KSL News Radio uh, talking about National Suicide Prevention Month. Today is National Suicide Prevention Day. If you know somebody, if yourself needs someone to talk to, we've got a phone number for you. It's 1 800 273 8255. That's 1 800 273 8255. One of many resources we've been sharing throughout the day, and we're diving into yet another conversation that we hope will be a helpline and a hope line to you at home listening. I think it's something, Casey, as you know, you're a parent, I'm a parent. We hear this topic um, discussed more and more, which is good. It needs to be talked about. But I think as a parent with that increased conversation comes increased pressure. You want to be watching for the right things and be aware of the right things and be able to say the right things and do the right things if that situation hits your family. And that's where we hope to step forward today and provide some tangible solutions. And we've got Margaret Jackson in studio with us today who lost her son, I believe, over 20 years ago to suicide. And before we start this interview, uh, when the mics are off, we're, we're, I know myself, I'm not sure what I can say, what I shouldn't say. And, and, and I'm trying to dance around the subject. And Margaret was gracious enough to say, I'm an open book. Yes. Ask me whatever you want. And Brooke, you have a question for her. Well, I, I, let's set up your story first, if we can, Margaret. I do have some questions, mom to mom, that I would love to link our hearts over. But tell us about your son. Tell us about your loss. Well, uh, Eddie came into our life about, uh, he was about six days old. My husband and I made a decision to adopt, and uh, we adopted Eddie. And he he was just this bubbly. Well, how we came about selecting Eddie, they had him in this little box with another baby. And when we went over and, and looked at, at the babies, Eddie reached out and he touched my husband's hand. And we knew oh. then that Eddie was going home with us. He chose you. He chose us. Hmm. And and from, from that day forward, um, you know, he, he, he was just the, the most adorable child. Everybody loved Eddie. Uh, he was very active in sports and school and... Uh, all kinds of awards. We have a photo. very high functioning. We have a photo of Eddie here in the studio yes, that you brought with yes, us, and yes. he's a handsome, handsome young man. Yeah. When did you start to ex- notice something as a mom that was something, something that was off, or something that wasn't right with Eddie? Well, uh, both my husband and I, you know, worked in the fields with, with, in the field with youth, and and we both started to notice uh, mood swings. Mm-hmm. Um, from one extreme, you know, to the other, very high, very low energy. Um, and he started uh, kind of losing interest in things more. And we decided that it was time to to seek some help for him. So where did you go? Well, we went to doctors after doctors after doctors. And it got to the point where we felt like we were the ones that needed the help because mm-hmm. he was, Eddie was very, uh, he had a lot of charisma. And when he would go in and present himself, they didn't see what we were seeing at home. He could turn it on. He could turn it on. And, um, and, 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 you know, and f- for that reason, you know, it was just very hard. And a lot of medical doctors, um, at that time, you know, it hadn't been really trained and 19, say, 20 years ago. 20 the resources ago. 
just wasn't there, yeah. you know. The education um, and the knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you hope we've yeah. come, you know, to a point where maybe yeah. that situation would have been differently. Yeah. But, for, yeah. but, but we blame no one, sure. you know. We, 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 we understand. What do you tell other moms, Margaret, about that situation, about what you observed in your son, about what you felt about your boy? Well, what I tell other moms is that keep, even if, 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 if people tell you that nothing is wrong, if, if God convicts your heart that something is wrong, something is wrong, something needs to be paid attention to. Moms know. Moms know. That's a fact. And we finally found, as he grew older, we found um, a psychiatrist out in the Logan area that, that worked with us a little bit. But by that time, Eddie was grown, you know, and, uh, and thing has, had escalated to a point um, where, um, you know, these things was happening, you know, more often. But he was still outgoing and, you know, and all kinds of scholarships, you know. And he was the kind of kid that he would try something once and, and he would be able to master it, you know, just that kind of personality. Bright. He sounds so bright. Yes, extremely bright. And that's one of the things I want to touch on a little bit today is that a lot of times when when we see, you know, youth or, or or people that are really outgoing and smart and 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 we think well those people can't have a mental illness they've got it pulled together they've got it all yeah. together yeah. you know they're checking and, all the right boxes yes and and that and that that is dangerous because that is not always the case, as in the case of Eddie. There's a meme going around on social media right now, and I don't have it verbatim, but it's, it touches on the themes that you're representing, which is, you know, look at the strongest person in your life. Look yes. at the person in your life who is checking all of those boxes, like you said, Casey, and seems to have it all pulled together. Call them. Yes. Think about them. Yes. Worry about them. Yes, 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 yes. Do you know why Eddie chose to take his life? Uh, yes, I do. Um Eddie uh, had a situation. Eddie has a beautiful daughter, and there were some conflicts that was going on. And of course, we're not blaming anybody, um, but uh, Elizabeth was his lifeline, and he and he felt that was threatened. And um, he called me, as a matter of fact, the day that it happened, and but gave no indication as to what he was about to do. And we talked, and he says, I'm going to go home, and I'll talk to you when um, when you get home. But that never came to be. He never made it home. But um, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that um, he, his, his thinking wasn't clear in the first place. And, and then with, you know, with that episode, it kind of tipped him, you know, over. Yeah. Talk to me, Margaret, about the grieving process. I think we've all grieved in one way or the other. I have to imagine the magnitude of the grieving process um, in this situation is hard. The, gr- the, the grieving process never ends. Yeah. It never ends. The grieving process for me is very different from the grieving process for my husband. You hear that, that men and, and women And we have to allow each other the space to grieve in our own way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of faith in in God, that's what sustains me, and that's that's what has kept me for the last nineteen years, being involved and in learning how to lean into the pain, and use it for the better good, rather than, you know, sweeping it under the rug. And and in a lot of ways, 
that helps me to heal. Uh, and 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 people tell me, you know, you touch me, you, but that helps me to heal. And healing for me will will be forever until I leave this earth, because there are triggers from time to time that bring back, you know, the, the memories and. Uh, that, those kinds of things. What would you say to parents out there who might have lost a loved one or a child to suicide? How could you help them? You know, I the first thing I will tell them that, that I learned that really helped me was that I was not alone. Um, the love and the support. Uh, the, and there were people from organizations I had never even heard of that came and 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 supported you know my family uh during this time and i will tell them that pay attention to other children uh, other relatives that are in your family educate yourself and and be prepared to you know just to help mm-hmm. um because um it's it's not something that that you that you just get over you know for a long time i kind of just walked around as if you're walking you're on a spacewalk you know and i don't know how else to explain it uh out of body just feels yeah, like yeah just not a your total life. out of body yeah. experience yeah. kind of thing yeah it's not um it's not easy but it can be rewarding when you reach out and you help others. Margaret, I, I see a mother's love in your eyes, and I feel that. Do you, I'll ask this question as we conclude. Do you, do you appreciate when people ask about your Eddie? I mean, here he sits in front of us, this beautiful framed picture, this handsome young man. You talk about triggers. I think people can feel sensitive about how to bring up a name or how to you know, reference an individual who has passed. Do you appreciate it when people ask you about him? I do. I do, because all too often... Um, you know, one of the things that, that I am really hopeful for is that um, mental illness will be totally viewed as a, an illness, like we do cancer, like we do diabetes, like we do other illnesses, you know. And, and when people ask me about... Uh, Eddie, I want them to know that the the suicide was only a very small part of what happened in his life, but he had an outstanding life. It seems um, like Eddie's still living in our hearts and in yes. our minds and in, and in the hearts of his daughter. Yeah, and, and she is a trooper, and and they're going to be the ones that's going to pick up the torch and 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 carry it, the sword uh, long after I'm gone. You're gone and everybody else. I want to say thank you to both of you for coming in today and helping us share this uh, this word and this theme of hope. And if you know somebody who needs some help, call 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Thank you very much. This is Casey Scott and Brooke Walker. You're listening to Inside Source. Ever heard of a... It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.